the DH. I really like Brett Lori, and I bet I could watch you smack your hair out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Resting Pitch Face episode 21. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney, and I missed all of you guys. Aww. I miss you guys too. <laughs> it's it's been a little bit of it's been a little while for all of us. Um, just you know, sometimes I know I say this all the time. Life gets in the way. <laughs> life doesn't find a way. Life gets in the way. So just to remind you all, since it has been I think about a month since the last time we yeah. we were here together, find us on Twitter, resting pitch face with no G. Uh, find us on iTunes. Please subscribe and give us a rating if you have you know a couple minutes. It really kind of helps us out getting getting a sense of how many of you are all out there. Email us any questions, concerns, comments, uh, topics at our Gmail, restingpitchface uh, at gmail.com. And you can always, actually, no, now please do visit us on our website, restingpitchface.com, which also has another way to contact us and a couple other, you know, fun things that we don't, that you can't get just from listening to us. With that, I mean, there's so much to cover now that it's been been this this long of a time. So we got a little bit of news stuff. Well, we were, of course, very excited about the All-Star game. And I know <laughs> it's been hashed over multiple times. We don't have to spend a lot of time. Like Aaron Judge hitting the ball really far huh. is great. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, like, all I did was sit on my couch and convulsively giggle. <laughs> because, like, the spray... Hey, did you guys see the spray charts afterwards? Yes. And oh I'm like, God. Like, I was like, can you be sexually attracted to a spray chart? Like, is that you can. clearly you yes? <laughs> but I like, know you can. Um, he hit the roof. He hit the <laughs> unhittable roof. Anyway, that was delightful. His his new smile is delightful. Leslie Jones liking his butt on Twitter is delightful. What? <laughs> Wait, I saw a lot of references to the new smile, and I didn't notice like a discernible change in the smile. Chipped a tooth uh, during a celebration. Oh, okay. He had to get his teeth kind of fixed, and I think that maybe altered the gap in his teeth a little bit. Not <laughs> enough to like make no. it still not a cute little gap. So yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, he he remains excellent, adorable. We the stuff about Leslie Jones we can talk about later or never because it's just a bunch of people being jerks on twitter no being i'm sorry being horrible racist misogynists on twitter is really what it is i had no idea anything happened with leslie jones so i'm a little in the dark on that one but i'm i given what's happened to leslie jones in the past i can kind of fill in the gaps yeah same yeah um so there's all of that uh but what really came out of the all-star game was they interviewed during the game uh both georgie springer and uh bryce harper on the field Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was really impressed by like Harper being able to talk, which I, it seems like he doesn't, he can't, you know, uh, generally like it, it, it seems like he's not a, a, a talker or a person. He doesn't come uh, across as a, as a thinker, I think some of the time. Well, and I also think the rest of the, the rest of the country kind of sees him as caricature with beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not Which, not I mean, even we do beard, too sometimes. With hair, with flow. 
these days. Like literally yes. that's all I ever hear about from people who aren't Nats fans is the flow. So Well, and quite yes. frankly, like during the All-Star game when he made that amazing catch and then did like the hair flip to end the all little there. mermaid. <laughs> yes, you look like the little mermaid. Yeah, he did the little mermaid. So um I, I you know, I, I'm sure <laughs> he'll make a is that how he's good at baseball? He made a, a, a pact with a sea witch. What did he well, give up? Yeah, because he does still actually talk, even though we were just joking about how he doesn't. Question for our listeners. What yeah, do you what think? Yeah, what did he give up? What did what Bryce did Harper Bryce give up in a pact with the Sea Witch? Yeah, did and he, what did he, he have pledge to, do? to Ursula the Sea Witch? And what did he have to do in three days or else he would lose his whatever? Um, this is actually a really interesting question for last year's slump also. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Something Did went we wrong. Contact with the sea witch. Notice that he didn't have legs during that. <laughs> <laughs> We're it like a lot harder to hit a baseball without legs. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of of the various <laughs> questions I have about mermaid and merman anatomy, like one is how do you hit a baseball? <laughs> if you got I, no think, I have a feeling mermaid baseball is more like you hit it with your tail and you like. That's kickball. Maybe mermaid baseball is underwater kickball. I mean, I guess you could still, if you're underwater, you don't really need legs to play baseball. But I still feel like they must just have a different, it's probably a different kind of ball game. Anyway, we're way off. I have a Canadian friend, well, friend of a friend, who uh, thought that kickball was just an American name for soccer. (laughs) (laughs) We showed up to a kickball game with shin guards and everyone's like, oh, no. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) It's not any weirder than the fact that we call it soccer when everyone else calls it football. I mean, it's not, it's not markedly any stranger. I guess you could she's from like Toronto, it. though. She's from North Buffalo. It's not like she's from, like, <laughs> oh. deepest none of it. Like, or Calgary. You know, both places that I'm sure exist. Um, <laughs> so she's probably just someone who didn't go outside in her youth. She was a soccer player in college. I, mm. Anyway, anyway, we started with trying to talk about George Springer. So the interview Bryce Harper on the field, who is a merman, who's made a pact with the sea witch, and then they interviewed Georgie Springer, who is adorable. Um, I'm assuming he has a painting in his house of someone not adorable that ages for him. Um, he's also still pretty young. There's time for him to start aging, I guess. Sure. He's not full on Christian Yelich yet. Oh yeah, no. Um, yeah, Christian Yelich hasn't look doesn't look a day over eyebrows. Like <laughs> he also the weird thing is he kind of looks like my lifelong mental image of Dorian Gray. Really? Like now that you say that, really? Dorian Gray in my head looks like Christian Yelich. Huh. Possibly just because we've always talked about it. Like you're just sort of like retroactively changing your youth memory of it. I don't know. I feel like it predates that. Uh, maybe Christian Yelich has an aging painting of himself in the house. Maybe he really was the original Dorian Gray, and he's just been here this whole time living <laughs> amongst us and decided this time around, I'll try baseball. Okay, so I feel like with the eyebrows, because I'm going to go back to those, considering that they could <laughs> maybe identify him in a sex tape <laughs> by the eyebrows. Bad. Like, and first of all, that is some Dorian Gray nonsense. But second of all, like, wouldn't you want to be slightly more inconspicuous? How do you know he does anything about the eyebrows? They could just be like that. They also yeah. could be the source of his power and youth. And if he does anything to them, the whole sh- the whole game falls apart. Like Tanner Roark's beard? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. Exactly. His power is in his eyebrows. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that Samson gets his eyebrows threaded. <laughs> um, but yeah, the interview George Springer, who's adorable. Just mm-hmm. adorable. Um, and he, he good at baseball. Uh, on the field. Um, and this was like, I don't know, a fairly dull sports ball interview. Um, yeah. For but, sports ball interviews, it was exceptionally dull. Yeah. Um, it turns out he has a pretty bad stutter. Um, and so this was like a big deal for him to be able to talk on camera while trying to do something else. Um, which made everyone kind of go, oh. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, that was that was a nice thing to come out of the All Star Game, which otherwise was fine. Pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was not able to watch any of it except for the like three seconds of that Harper hair flip catch. <laughs> that was the entirety of what I saw. Well, that was the entirety of what you needed to see. Yeah, I mean, you don't really miss a lot if you miss the All-Star game. I mean, I, I spent this All-Star game on Twitter, and that was fun because I could, like, kind of talk to everybody else, and we were all, like, just basically yelling the whole time. That was a new experience, but hmm. just watching the game, I don't actually remember 90% of what happened because it just doesn't matter. I mean, my um, main memory of the previous one was Max throwing, like, 99. Oh, no, I know what you missed, Laura. What did oh, I miss? grunting? I don't know how, where the microphones were because I don't believe he was at any point mic'd up. But every single time Max threw, you could hear. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry, guys. Jen Rubenstein sent me a link to okay, a compilation <laughs> of every grunt on every pitch. So I was very well covered on that. I actually forgot about that until you said that. I don't Did know. Did you make I it your that. ringtone? <laughs> Funny, Kay. No, but really, are you pregnant now? <laughs> no, but Erica is. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just not sure. Like, I didn't go to medical school. I have a degree in ecology. Can you get pregnant from that? You once um, claimed to get pregnant from a, a dirty curveball, I believe. I did? Mm-mm. Me. Yeah. Or at least you asked the question, can you get pregnant from a really filthy curveball? Yeah, I, I wouldn't get pregnant ball. from a curve. I would get pregnant from a slider, personally. <laughs> like Tanner Roark's front hip sink slider? Oh, God, yes. Like front hip, front hip sink into you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> By let's, I mean me. Um, but yeah, it was like the okay. So Max grunting, Bryce's hair flip. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, the picture that's that you know they, they had the umpire pause to take a picture during the oh, game. Yeah, what? I was actually I was thinking on the format of like the George Springer interview and the Bryce interview. I kind of liked the idea of them wearing microphones while they're out there, but not to ask like not to answer dull sports writer questions because they weren't even like interesting ones i would just kind of like to hear the outfield mic'd up while they're playing that would be kind of fun don't you think yeah Um, yeah i mean they do that for hockey games sometimes and they clearly clean up their language because most of what they yell is you know um or here 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 you know which (laughs) is like okay I, i think that would like that would be an interesting fan experience is like for something as stupid and pointless as the All-Star game, like getting to hear what it actually, what they're actually saying to each other when they go have those like between inning conferences at center field or whatever, you know what I mean? Rather than just have them answer the same question for the 50th time. And Bryce managed to make it interesting and he managed to have an opinion about sports and like people like, oh, maybe he has a future as like a color guy on a broadcast. I'm like, yeah, probably not. 
well, I mean, he's going to make, you know, the GDP of most countries. Yeah. So he probably doesn't need to. But that doesn't mean he won't want to. You know, he, when he first came to D.C. at 19, used to keep a diary because he wanted to be a sports writer after his baseball career was over. Did he really? Yeah. I, you know, it's not the stupidest suggestion ever. Um, given that FP is our color guy, and they had that interview in the post that was like, FP, does your style bother you? And he's like, it used to, but now it don't. <laughs> and we're all like, you go, FP. Someday you'll identify a chihuahua. <laughs> I mean, I love FP, like, to the moon and back, but objectively speaking, there's, like, a lot that, you know. Yeah. You know what? He actually manages to convey a lot of information. Like they do have good good stat stuff generally. Um, and I really you know, enjoy his little asides yeah. to young players. I, and I, I have to say, you know, when I when I first started listening to FP specifically, like I appreciated the players' insight. Which even though there's a lot of players who are now color commenters, they don't all go and say, "This is what you're thinking in this situation. This is what you've been practicing before this situation." I always kind of appreciated that, especially in the early days. Now he's kind of repeating himself, but I, th- I do think he's a little bit more honest, though, as well in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Like he'll say, "Yeah, this is the stupid thing I would be thinking in this situation," mm-hmm. which, like you know, I believe you, FP Santangelo. I believe that is what you were thinking in that situation, <laughs> and I maybe also... somebody else wouldn't say so. Yeah, he, he's an external processor. <laughs> you know, he and as an external processor, I value the input of other external processors. And I like his, yeah, I like his asides to young players. They do manage to have actually a good amount of stats. And if you watch national broadcasts, you're like, yeah, but like, tell me something beyond batting average. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's just sort of stand, SOP for them to talk about not not super advanced stats, but like beyond batting average. Um, you know, FP FP doesn't need don't change FP never change. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I feel like I was witnessing a little bit of a change for the positive. I think I actually tweeted about it last week. I was like, am I hearing like like softcore feminist FP happening at the moment? Because you know how a lot of times he's like, oh yeah, like I don't understand the collision rules, blah blah blah. That's not how we played the game, and like a lot of them do that. So like he's kind of. Mm-hmm you know, echoing what we hear from a lot of former players mm-hmm. about how it's somehow making the game soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's starting to come around a little bit on some of this stuff. Um, and there was one comment, who was it that hugged? Some some pitcher just hugged a batter. Oh, yeah. oh Felix Hernandez uh, hugged Adrian Beltre, right? Thank yeah. you. I knew yeah. it was Beltran, yeah. but I couldn't remember who the pitcher was. And FP was talking about that, and he seemed really into it. And oh. he was kind of talking about it in regards to how the culture of the game has changed and how, you know, guys relate to each other differently than they used to. And he was talking about it very positively. And I I appreciated that. I thought that wasn't a perspective we'd heard much from him before because usually he talks about how change of the baseball culture is bad and making things soft. And here he is talking about how hugging a batter is awesome. Well, and it was also his 3000th hit. Yeah, so like... And he, he wouldn't necessarily have needed to say some of the other stuff that he said along with it about, you know, larger baseball culture changes being positive. If he had just said, like, oh, I thought that was really cool that he hugged him, that would have been one thing. But he actually sort of expanded on that in a way that I thought was really positive. Mm-hmm. Credit where credit's due. Although yeah. I, I feel like he's he's 
with those types of things, he's not usually the type of guy who's going like, oh yeah, these guys should hate each other and never talk to each other and bat flips or the devil. Like he's never been that guy ever. No, anyway. he's never been extreme. So, There've definitely yeah. been moments where I just wanted to shut up with like performative oh. masculinity. Yeah. I did enjoy when he was like, what was it? It was right after the brawl. And he was like, look, I've been divorced twice. Like, I know about conflict resolution. We're like, okay. (laughs) 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 All right, buddy. Uh, That was was a little TMI FP. (laughs) Can we talk about poor um, Mike Morse? Oh, yeah. He's still out. Yeah, it might be career ending. Oh, God damn it. So yeah. I was mad about this the second it happened, and I just get progressively angrier and angrier and angrier about it. Like he was trying to do the right thing because he's, yeah. you know, Michael Morris, and he's generally good. Yeah, he's 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 a big sweet boy, and <laughs> he was trying to end things the way big guys typically end things between people who are fighting, which is, I am big, and I am going to stand between you until you stop, right? Well, and that's honestly, in most fights, especially between men, not an issue. Um, so kind of going going into my personal life a little bit, um, you know, when I worked in a school, um, basically the guidance is boys are not really going to hit each other. They're going to mm-hmm. pretend to hit each other. And if you get physically in the way, they will, out of respect for a third party, not fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas girls will murder Oh, yeah. I remember some ugly, ugly scenes from my high school cafeteria where administrators would try and break up fights between girls and just, like, get hair pulled out of their head. Yeah, and so, like, the the honest thing was, like, if girls are fighting, you call security. Like, if someone's fighting, you call security immediately, whatever. But, like, if girls are fighting, you don't interject yourself. They, you know, it's a different sort of... And this is obviously very gender essentialist and like... Well, and it's cultural. Not- it's it's heavily cultural also. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like Michael Morris did exactly what most people do when they see two dudes fighting. You interject yourself, you physically get in the way and they go, okay, well, I've performed, you know, my, my duty to try to punch. <laughs> and now I've stopped, except he got punched in the head. By his own teammate who was not trying to intervene, but was trying to football tackle the opposition. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a stupid accident. His teammate was escalating the situation and that's what got him down. And like, it just makes me so furious that his career might be over now. Like, sorry. No, I, we're all on the same page completely. I know. I I just like, I want to be like clever about it or I want to have something pointy to say, but all I want to do is just like, just scream in Jeff Smarge's face for like 15 solid minutes until his eardrums rupture. Like, yeah, I already it. didn't like him. Honestly, I, I hated his mustache and I thought he was obnoxious. And now <laughs> I just feel even more strongly about all of the above. Yeah, Not that I've just, ever met it, the guy, but you know, well, we haven't met any of these people who we claim to love and hate. So, you know, <laughs> all right. I well, mean, yeah, that goes ahead. Speak for yourself. <laughs> we have actually met them. Okay. Sort of. You've met more sure, than I, I have, actually. So I don't know what you're talking about. I've met, like, Erica, I, and you've met actual players. Yes, you met FP in a bar. You, I did meet FP you in a bar. Had, you helped. You have met and had more meaningful conversations with people than we have. Yes, okay, I've met some guys and gotten some signatures on stuff. But I don't really qualify that as meeting so much as standing in front of and making an exchange. 
Um, I mean, we did find out that that in terms of hug ranking, Geo then Rendon, and I'm like, yes. yes. But we didn't find that out from direct experience. Sadly, we found that out from the person who gets hugged by them both all the time. Yeah, but who um, did you make blush? Oh, uh, oh, what was his name? Belial. <laughs> yeah, Belial. Belial, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a picture of him blushing. Um, <laughs> why does Play Index not have a ranking by hug quality? Like, I'm looking at Anthony Rendon's War, which is very nice. But it doesn't because, say anything about his ability, his his HUG. It's because they hate everything that's good in the world. They just they just don't they just don't care. I mean, the other thing is you can't sort players by height. Yeah, you can. There's a lot of things. Where can you do that? You have to have a play index subscription, but I oh. can absolutely yeah. sort players by by height. Okay, well, without paying money, you can't sort players by height. So now I know the next time I actually I need a pitcher. Um, we'll talk after this. Johnny Cueto is not coming off the DL, and I need another starting pitcher. All right. So when I we're get, done, maybe you can help me with that. I get you a pitcher, but that's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where were we? Um. We were, we were talking about things that make us. We were talking about things that make us angry. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that makes us angry right now. Uh, but I feel like that's a good. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like that's a good transition into Matt Joyce. Yeah. For anybody who didn't hear, the basics was Joyce was walking off the field, a fan was yelling something not polite at him, and he responded, and that in itself would not necessarily be the worst thing, but when he responded to said fan um, in also not a polite way, he included a homophobic slur in what he said, and it was caught by a member of the media who happened to be nearby. And so the Oakland A's acted quickly. Um probably because it was directed at a fan and probably because the media overheard. Right. Um, though they do have a fairly good track record with this, given that they also suspended former national Ian Kroll prior to his being a national um, for, mm-hmm. I believe, writing some stuff on, on his Twitter. Um, I believe it was the same homophobic slur. Yeah, shockingly. <laughs> um, and so they suspended Joyce for two days and then they're going to give his salary to PFLAG. If anybody doesn't know PFLAG, it stands for Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. It's a great organization that provides community support for individuals in the LGBT community as well as their family members, particularly with regards to helping family members who might not be familiar with the LGBT community learn about how to be supportive and positive when they have a family member come out. So they're Mm -hmm. a great organization. And I will say things like PFLAG and like Gay Straight Alliances for kids who are not out yet are very good organizations yes. because you how do I put this like you can join and say like I'm doing this for my college stuff or I'm you know for or I'm doing this to support a friend um, and I think that in the LGBTQ plus community um, some of the whole aspect of allies are included in part because it's important to include allies but also in part because it gives cover to kids who who are going to yeah. get kicked out of their house if they come out um, right. And I think PFLAG, you know, even feels uh, like the acronym even feels a little regressive right now. But at the same time, like these are really important, not just for parents to understand their kids, but for kids whose parents don't, don't understand, understand them to, to give them a place where they are understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually I don't know how often they use that acronym anymore. Like they, they use the title, obviously. But you know how some organizations that created an acronym back in the day might not necessarily use what it originally stood for. There's a lot of gay straight alliances that now call themselves gender sexuality alliances to be mm-hmm. more inclusive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's what PFLAG stood for when it was founded. I don't actually know how often they use that anymore, but that's still that's still a large part of their mission, which I think is excellent. Yeah. Um, particularly in the context of an incident showing that someone needs a little bit of education, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, contributing to a to an organization for whom that is a major part of their mission, I think is very positive. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it feels more targeted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's going to the right thing for the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. And I do think that like, on the one hand, there needs to be better player education about this sort of thing. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, on the other hand, hit him in the pocketbook. Like Matt Joyce makes a million dollars a year, which, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. But at the same time, like two games is different in terms of salary to him than it is to someone making 10. Yeah. You know, um, what was it like? Oh, what's his face? Who's massively overpaid for the Red Sox pitcher name escaping Wait, price, which, which sale no, price price. No. Price sale is is yeah. not, but they like calculated how much does, does uh, price get paid per, um, you know, at bat pitched, and it's like more than I make in five years. <laughs> um, and so you know, it's just sort of gross. But at the same time, like when you have, unfortunately, unfortunately ish, like when you're a more marginal player than say a Chris Sale or a mm-hmm. Price, though he's not been great. Um, you know, you you are gonna get like you're actually gonna feel the effect of that. So true. Although league minimums could still pay off my student loans. So. Yes. Here's a question. Here's a question because I actually don't know the answer to this. Um, Cause I don't, they, they find him his salary for the two days. Right. So that implies that this is a, they're not just saying, okay, you owe $10,000. It's proportional to what you make. I think when you get suspended, right. you lose the salary for those two days, right. no matter what, like this isn't a fine. Well, you can be you are not suspended paid. with pay. You can be suspended with pay, but that's not obviously in play at this here. Um, well, and I think also um, suspension with pay is often if you're under criminal investigation. No, no, right. no, no. For better or for worse. <laughs> a lot of states have basically a thing that says if you are under criminal investigation and you get suspended from your job, it has to be with pay to prevent basically very... You being found innocent and then being well, criminalized. And, and just very poor people who might yeah. be under criminal investigation from losing their lives and livelihood because of a work suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it turns into often is, you know, when they suspend police who've shot people, um, it, it's generally with pay, but again, you're in a state that generally requires it. Um, Voinov, who is the um, hockey player who beat the just absolute, I'm gonna swear, dark shit out of his, out of his wife or fiance um, and got deported back to Russia, was suspended with pay and people were, were kicking up uh, an understandable fuss, um, but he was, you know, on the Kings, and which are in California, which have th- which has this rule that if you're under criminal investigation, you have to be mm-hmm. paid. That's I wonder right. how that works in baseball then, because I don't usually hear, I don't think about suspensions being with pay. I feel like there have been. I feel like I didn't pull that out of nowhere, but I can't honestly think of one off the top of my head right now. Um, so, to, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I wonder it if does. there's a difference between the team suspension and a league suspension for that. <sighs> I don't think it, I don't think that's where the line is, but it it's let's not go down this rabbit hole. I shouldn't okay. have even brought it up. But the point being, like, it keeps it proportional, so it is still affecting the player in a way that it affects the player. Because yeah, if you find, say, somebody making the amount of money that David Price is making, 
you know, if you said, okay, it's the same amount, it's the same blank or same set fee, they might just go, oh, well, whatever, I don't need that $10,000. Whereas somebody who's making significantly less will actually think twice about the $10,000. I don't know. I, it's not, it's, that's the difference between how speeding tickets are done in the U.S. Exactly. And how tickets are done in a lot of European countries. Exactly. Where it's exactly. proportional. And I think that makes way more sense. Um, that said, I think, I mean, we talked about this, the education needs to be where it is, because I have to say, I really don't think people who are swearing that in the heat of the moment, yelling that stuff in the heat of the moment when they're arguing with a fan are thinking about, oh, this is going to cost me $10,000. I just don't think that thought enters into their head. What you need I don't think they're thinking about it at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I think that the, what that it's nice to like penalize them and it's very nice that in this situation he's being penalized and the money is going to a good organization but at the same time like the the it needs to be a more forward thinking by that i mean like front end sort of thing where they don't think to say the word in the first place not oh i shouldn't say that because it's going to cost me money well right, although i shouldn't say that because it's cost going to cost me money is a good step along the road to i shouldn't say it at all i i agree yeah. but i'm saying when it's happening i don't think that thought enters into their head i don't think they're going oh i should say a different word otherwise i'm going to have to pay ten thousand dollars i you know what i i'm gonna really strongly disagree like there's a reason it's in their grab bag of insults mm -hmm. and quite frankly there's a reason that they didn't yell something else in their grab bag of insults like there's a reason that that a player's grab bag of insults um contains that word and not several other words like i i feel like the whole like well they're not thinking etc yeah they are they are because they're probably not sh shouting racial epithets at that fan and i don't know what color the fan was, i but like a I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think the calculus is based on their pocketbook. I think their calculus is going, it's more, it seems, it feels like it's more okay for me to say this one than to say that one, which is a very, like, saying, uh, yelling a racial epithet with, first of all, I'm fairly certain several baseball players have, in fact, used racial epithets, racial slurs at, at people, you know? Um, I, I don't think it's a, they're going to, it's, this one's going to cost me this much money and this one's going to cost me this much money. Therefore I'll say the one that cost me less money. I think it's that this one is going to have way more of a shitstorm on me. So I have removed it from my grab bag of insults. Whereas this one, the, the blowback is not as severe. So it gets to stay in the grab bag of insults. But I mean, like the pocketbook determines the, the level of, of shitstorm. Like I, I have to say, it, this is one of those things where you can't, like you can you they have to for proactively change the culture absolutely mm -hmm. yeah but if people are not getting moderately slapped for these things like they're not going to be trained oh. not to say it i i that i don't disagree with and i'm not saying like we should abolish the fining i'm just saying like i don't think that's the most effective method i think the most effective method is the public shaming that comes up that comes about after i think you need both i think you yeah. need i think this ha i kind of agree with both of you the public shaming aspect of it is effective but at the same time it's less concrete and measurable um and it's not necessarily like you can't you can't sentence someone to a certain amount or degree of public shaming that's mm -hmm. not a that's, that's not a precedent that the league can set and follow you need something that's concrete and measurable as well and i think different things impact different people differently right so if you have a one-size-fits-all approach to every player, if you say, okay, they're going to get publicly shamed, but they're not going to get fined or vice versa or whatever, you know, different things impact people differently. And so for one guy, it might be a big deal to lose two days' salary for whatever reason. For another guy, it might not be at all. But the fact that now, you know, all these people are saying he's a terrible person might be a much bigger deal.
Okay. But one thing that strikes me in a lot of the statements that they make, and this has been said before, so I'll just repeat it briefly, but the idea that all, a lot of these guys say this doesn't represent who I am as a person. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, of course it does. And yeah. I think it's important as part of whatever the league does, I think there needs to be a conversation where someone in a position of authority who they respect sits them down and says, look, the fact that this is the word that you chose to use does show something about who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't change that. But yeah. if that's the word that you chose to use, that says something about what you see yeah. as being a big insult to somebody and yeah. a type of hurt that you are trying to inflict when you're insulting somebody. Exactly. And so let's unpack that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that means and why you feel that way and how we can help you move forward and not feel that way anymore. And I hope, I have no idea. I hope that there's something like that going on at least some of the time. I'm sure there's no standard, but I would like to think that in certain organizations that are maybe more progressive on that kind of issue, somebody is trying to do that. I hope so. I wish I, I wish we didn't have to hope. I wish that this was something that was in Major League Base like basic Major League Baseball's basic I don't know, team contracts is that every single team needs to have this as part of what they do. Period. Like they need to have somebody who's designated for each team. It can create a position for it, but just to be like we need to talk about this. And I know that gets difficult. Hey, you are being told to respect somebody. But I mean, just hoping that every single team that's maybe one of the more progressive teams, it needs to be policy. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. It needs to be a policy that is league-wide. Yeah, well, I think the Cardinals probably proved that they are not interested. <laughs> not even, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, because, you know, they, they didn't credential somebody out from sports. sports as a freaking member of the media. Yeah. And then they yep. were like, well, I'm with SBN, which, you know, is this fairly major site because Outsports is part of it. And they're like, no, we don't credential bloggers. And they're like, oh. And to be clarified, what? it was specifically for the game that included, like, the Christian Night event. Yeah. yeah. And there have been a certain number of people who said, oh, well, like, of course they didn't want to credential somebody who was going to ask, like, difficult questions and make them look bad. I'm like, when they had freaking whatever the hell his name is, Lance Berkman, when they decided to let him come and invite him and like pay him money to show up and talk about his views, which he didn't talk about LGBT stuff specifically, but he has been incredibly vocal and political in the past and like been part of some very harmful ads. Mm -hmm. um, if you invite that guy, you set yourself up for it. You like, invite the questions. Exactly. And you deserve invite the those question. questions. If you invite somebody who has views that deserve to be questioned critically by several different points of view, you have a responsibility to allow those points of view to happen because people are already criticizing you for having him there at all. Yeah. Well, and and I guess we're going to do a Zach Duke update. Like they they cuz he was there um cuz mm -hmm. he's super Christian. Like, none of them got into LGBT stuff at all whatsoever. It was just the mm -hmm. presence in the room of y'all chose to do this and then chose to not credential a member of the media. You told him to buy a freaking ticket, which he did. Yeah. Um, and then it was a fairly small-ish um, event for Faith yeah. Night or whatever. No, they actually call it Christian, Christian Night. night. Yeah, and then, you know, it's just one of those things where you had a variety of choices to make and you made all the wrong ones. Yeah, consistently the wrong ones. Because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think a couple people on Twitter were 
sort of amazed that they actually call it Christian night. But we have Faith Day at Nats Park, and it's the exact same thing, you know. And I'm—I don't—I've never attended it. I don't know whether it's a positive or a negative or a neutral event. I have no judgment on that. But everybody knows what faith it's talking about. It's not like calling it Faith Day versus Christian Day really makes a difference in the content of the event. So I don't know. I was. Yes, it's very in your face to call it Christian night, but at the same time, a lot of teams have something like that, and everybody knows what it is. It doesn't really matter what you call it. I'm also, I looked up an election map of Missouri, <laughs> um, because I'm like, this is, these are, these are the blueberries in the tomato soup. Like, <laughs> no, they are. Like, and, and if it's, if it's just going to be crass marketing, like, you're in St. Louis City, voted for Clinton 80%. Well, like, you just <laughs> not- want to have crass frickin' marketing to your fan base. Like, you need to understand that, like, yeah, okay, there is the tomato soup you are also catering to. Right. But, like, the blueberries exist, and there's more of them. There's more of them close by. I yeah. don't pretend to know much about the demography of the Cardinals fan base. But also, let's not, like make the assumption that just because somebody is blue in general doesn't mean they have strong feelings on Christianity and or gay people that are not necessarily in line with what the democratic view is. Like, let's not, we can't, just because somebody voted for Hillary Clinton doesn't mean that they don't agree with Lance Berkman. I, I hear that, but at the same time, <laughs> they are- I don't think are, super likely. Yeah, they're statistically and... less likely to agree. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it's also saying like, oh, you're in the Midwest, you're just catering to, you know, a super Christian fan base, etc. I'm like, that's not true. And when you look at sort of population maps, that's again, not true. And I think it's it's taking the easy road to say, well, fan base. Oh, well, and the other thing is, marketing. No, not all Christians agree with Lance Berkman. There yeah, are right. many people who are deeply, deeply religious in their Christianity who have a completely different approach yep. to LGBT issues specifically. And so just because you might otherwise want to participate in an event centered around your faith at a ballpark does not mean that you want someone of yeah. that particular opinion to be a part of that. Or yeah. that you necessarily, I mean, this is the thing, like, I, I don't, I don't honestly give that much of a shit if they want to have a Christian day. I really don't, I personally do not really care. It's the assumption that because it's Christian day, it's obviously opposite LGBTQ stuff. Yeah, like, it's, it's, that, not like, it's like we don't need out sports here because it's for Christians. It's like mm, those two things are opposites. Exactly how how how, right. how are they mutually well, <laughs> like when you invite Lance Berkman? Yeah, they kind of become that way, but not not outside of that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like they might have not credentialed him. It wasn't anyway. Him, I think. Right. I feel like they might it not was, have yeah. credentialed him anyway. Or at least that's certainly the tone that I got from reading about it. No, um, I don't know. I think it might have been because of the the blowback they were already getting from inviting mm-hmm. Berkman that they then didn't want to open themselves up to more controversy by having someone there who might ask difficult questions for them. So I'm not sure if if they would have paid any attention or done anything about it if it weren't for the fact that he was coming. Um, I'd be curious to know what they did in previous years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I will say like. Outsports gets credentialed almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were. They, I'm looking at their. They're basically they did a podcast cover c- covering this issue. But you know they were credentialed at Super Bowls, NFL games, Final Fours, MLS Cup, MLB games. You know, etc., etc., etc. But they were denied in this one specific instance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
and this is just one of those things of like, oh, good, you were given the opportunity to change and you doubled down. Right. Or even you were given the opportunity to just follow the status quo. I mean, if everybody's credentialing them, then yeah. you're not you have an out, as it were. <laughs> you can just say, oh, everybody's credentialing them, whatever. And like, you know, then if there's somebody who criticizes the fact that you did that, you can point to the fact that they yeah. have been credentialed at all of these major events and therefore they're just a part of the news media that gets credentialed. And that would have been it. Well, yeah. and it's, it's or not. I don't know. It's part of SB Nation. Like, yeah. like you can say, like, well, we didn't credential them as outsports. We credentialed them as SB Nation. Like, if they really want to do that. No, it was hard dedication to what they, I mean, this is what they wanted. They, they, there's no justify, there is no justifiable excuse for this, except that this is exactly what they wanted. They just did not want to involve gay people in this event at all. Which, and they just didn't care. Yeah, which is itself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a super. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna determine what what is and what is not a Christian thing to do, but like, <laughs> is it the as a Jew? It's a very I least, don't feel a dick move. <laughs> like, I think we can say this as a person. It was a dick move. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, I think it is a, a statement about the kind of Christianity that they're having Christian night for. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, because like, that's as somebody who's been to probably more baptisms than you guys. Yes, I've never I have been to never been to a baptism, so that is and, interesting. And probably dealt with people quoting the Bible more at them in, on a daily basis for years and years and years. Like I worked in a very Baptist Catholic place, and and that was just sort of part of the local vernacular, and and you sort of dealt with it, um, and it it sort of just becomes part of your vocabulary yeah no <laughs> yeah no like that is that is a statement of of kind but yeah all right why don't we move on to things that we like yeah we can always circle we always have so many things that we don't like although do we want to get all the things that we don't like out of the way <laughs> there were a couple other things that we were going to talk about the things but that we, we can don't... also switch to happiness yeah the things that we also don't like that we have on the list though are not in any proportion to these things like no not even close like batting order controversies <laughs> um yeah <but> that's <laughs> Spanish language Twitter is I like that's not that that's that's a grain of sand. Yes, I I agree. Um, so let's 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 then talk about some things that make us a little bit happier, so that we can sort of shake uh, <laughs> shake the anger out a little bit. Because some good things have happened uh, in the past month, and this is not even talking about uh, all of our new people, which we will get to. Um, we just you know we haven't had players and plays we love this week. In a little while. So, who wants to who wants to go first with what they love? Oh, me. <laughs> Please, can I? Yeah. So, in case anybody didn't notice, Max hit a home run, <laughs> and that's how Laura is pregnant. <laughs> Are we going to keep coming back to that? Yep. Um. So the funny thing is, a number of people, including myself, kind of called it called with the home you run. Know, called at least RBIs. I was okay. I was pulling for a homer. But I also, if we went back through our archives, at some point yonks ago, we talked about who the next Nats pitcher was going to be to homer. I just want to remind everybody that I had Max in that particular conversation. I called it. I knew he was going to be next. And I was right. So, you know, you're welcome, everybody. Um, but no. And also, three-run homer. Yeah. I feel like that's not 
That was like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the pitcher homers I've seen lately have been solo homers. They, they tend to be. Because usually well, if a pitcher is swinging, there's nobody on base. Yeah. I was right. going to say it's when they're first in an inning and like they're trying to lead off and they're just like, swing away, guys. See if something <laughs> happens. And the answer is it doesn't. Yeah. Well, and I, first of all, this, I, I knew this was gone. Like this was not will it or won't it. This was gone. <laughs> Did everybody see Max's face? Yes. That's why I was just pausing because I had it in my mind. <laughs> it was very creepy. <laughs> it was it was great. Um and Erica was asking for like pictures of his face from that moment also. So I'm glad that it will be immortalized forever in the Scherzer May family because it was a great face. Mm-hmm. I like the fact um, that basically he has not stopped talking about it and everybody knew from the minute he hit it that he was never he was going to stop talking stop about talking it. About- Hey, I wouldn't stop talking about it if I was him. And the way they gave him the silent treatment in the dugout like he was a rookie, I loved that. Well, first career home run. You gotta get the silent treatment. Doesn't matter if you've been playing for how long has he been up? Ten years? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so. Sorry. Yeah, I was I was in so I recently moved and my landlady was actually here like checking on something and I was just sitting in my room giggling like nonstop. <laughs> and then she eventually came in and was like talking to me about a pipe. <laughs> and I had to like try to be a, a, a rational. You were like, that's not human. the pipe I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're not going to explore that statement. So no. she starts talking to me about a pipe and Front hip next pipe. thing I know when she is now gone and we've finished our conversation is I, put the sound back on and all of a sudden he's out of the game. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so that threw me for a loop. But at the same time, I feel like most people's appreciation of the home run was very, very brief because that happened almost immediately afterward. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't find out about it for several more minutes because I was talking to my landlady. So I kind of appreciated that, <laughs> you know, I got to be happy for a little bit longer than everybody else and just have it be unsullied. Just that, you know, that beautiful moment. I got to hold on to it a little bit longer. That was nice. It was pure. Uh, yeah. Well, as Adam Eaton tweeted, we're never going to hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably be talking about that when he's like 79. Just be like, remember that time I hit a three-run homer? When they're like inducting him into the hall. He'll be <laughs> about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My 17 Cy Youngs and like all my records and strikeouts. But hey, remember that homer? Check out this picture of me hitting that homer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was yeah, great. So that was I nice. that. And he, you said I think that he was throwing a bullpen yesterday. He, he was. He went yeah. to the chiropractor so. and he's fine. Yeah. Sometimes he's... you sleep funny and you get a neck cramp. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to share my personal opinion on chiropractors, but it oh. sounds like the bullpen went okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I was going to say so. My husband had to go to to physical therapy because well, he's still going because he has like a weird arm tingle spasm thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, get another pillow. And he did. And then he's like, oh, that fixed most of it. Yeah as, <laughs> like, had, yeah, as someone who's had nerve issues in her arms and shoulders for her majority of her adult life, usually it's just move your arms slightly differently and that problem will go away. So um, same thing. I, I think goes for neck slammed. pain. Yeah, I had my hand slammed in a door while I was moving. Oh. Ah, um, and it's okay now, but... It says a lot that the first thing that went through my head as someone who in no way plays a sport was, oh, good, it's not my pitching hand. (laughs) You mean your non-dominant hand? (laughs) 
I mean, yes, that is what I meant. It was my right hand and I'm left-handed. But the first, my first reaction was, good, it's not my pitching hand. Wait, you're, you're left-handed? You can pitch left-handed? Because I feel I mean, we in, have a job for you. In the sense that I can pitch at all, I am left-handed. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, one of, one of my friends who, who played baseball in college he, he, um, would often get asked, like, what advice do you have for, like, parents about their kids? Uh, and he goes, teach them to throw left-handed. <laughs> we well, need more amphibious pitchers. Um, I can actually go back and forth a little bit if I'm ca- playing catch, though. There have been times in life when, like, you know, I was messing around with random family members at a cookout or something, and there's not always a lefty glove. I have one, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't there or somebody else was using it or it's it's kind of falling apart. Um, so I've used my sisters a number of times, and as much as I have any skill in any way, which is, you know, not much... I can theoretically go back and forth relatively evenly. So, you know, fun party trick, I guess. Yeah. You'll be the next pet Vendit. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Uh, You are are an amphibious pitcher. Yes, I am amphibious. Um, I have been thinking about joining. There's like a softball league. Do uh, it. That has very low standards and just how much heart you have. Okay. I want you to take a second back. You said a softball league that has very low standards. Which I think was covered in It's a Softball League. Hey. Hey. Aww. There are softball leagues that are very intense and care rec- about your skill. They're not usually rec leagues. Yeah. Rec league but- softball is beer in hand softball. Have some good times softball. Well, yeah. Which I, I mean, think is great. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just to saying. To clarify, like- though, I am now once again affiliated with a university. Mm-hmm. And there are sort of collegiate softball teams that are much more intense. So I just meant in contrast to that. Okay. You know, this is not a real collegiate softball team. This is like no. it's, it's, goofing it's a around with people who work in like labs. And, yeah. and I will say, like, my sister played club lacrosse at the university we both went to, but it was it was actually um, like they were playing against like Navy. So like oh, yeah. lacrosse was really serious, top ten ranked lacrosse. It was they didn't want to put up with some of the um, NCAA's like requirements for things so they maintain their club status but she's like i bench warmed like <laughs> i sat on a bench and waited for somebody to get injured and they didn't uh because yeah. it was considered rec league but no it was like she's like they had like workouts twice a day i decided not but that's to stay. that's still the team that's affiliated with the school as opposed to the for fun thing when i you know when i think of a softball rec league that's what it's for fun you know not i think we do, i think we do team. technically get I think we do technically get funding from the school as like really? an intramural. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a friend who I was said. in. I had a friend who was in like an intramural women's rugby, but it was they didn't have anything sort of theoretically higher ranked, more organized than intramurals. So their intramural women's rugby was badass. Yeah. Which I think all women's rugby is mm-hmm. badass. Honestly, I've never met a women's rugby team that wasn't intense. That's one of the only two competitive sports that I had at my college. Really. Really? Other than bowling? That was not a competitive sport. We did the same thing of like, we were a club team going up against, uh, uh, you know, the bowling equivalent of like Navy. <laughs> and we only got to go to the tournaments because they couldn't legally tell us not to come. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have a, I have a friend who's a, a serious women's lacro- or a rugby player and she plays with like people who are Olympic athletes. And I went to a bachelorette party with all of them and did not try to drink with them because <laughs> I, I would have died. Yeah. 
Like, I was like, no, you all are 20 feet tall and have a wingspan of a building <laughs> and are amazing. And I will die if I try to, like, drink one drink for every five that you have. <laughs> like, here lies Sydney. Tried to drink with a rugby team. Yeah. <laughs> she brought this on herself. Yeah, here lies Sydney. <laughs> she deserved it. <laughs> um. Well, speaking yeah. of left-handed pitching. Yeah, speaking of left-handed pitching, Gio almost hit a no-no. And I got a little teary. I oh, also... He's so delightful. I know. Everybody loves him so much. For good reason, because he's just that kind of a person. I mean, okay, he almost pitched a no-hitter. And then the Miami crowd gave him a standing ovation, including the Miami Marlins. Well, and it was um on... Uh, it was on Jose Fernandez's it was on Jose Fernandez's and like they were they were legitimately bros like they were legitimately yeah. friends they were you know yeah did he, Jose Fernandez live in Hilera? I feel like I he don't did. believe so I think he lived in I don't know I don't know but okay. I don't think he was from Hialeah no okay um, I think he's not from Florida to my knowledge well, yeah their major league player who was from close to Hialeah was Manny Machado Although that was that information is a couple years old, so it could be out of date by now. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's well. I know my yeah. child, is is from there. Um, I just meant, did yeah. he live there after he, you know? Did I don't think so. Um, I think he lived in the general Miami area, but I don't believe he lived in high or near Hialeah specifically. I could be completely wrong on that. I don't know. I actually just googled um, it. I see anything one way or another? So, but it was. It was so good on so many levels. Obviously, first of all, for that, because they were friends and, and Gio did, you know, he cried a little bit during um, his post-game interview. And I was like, why is this happening? Why do I have to watch Gio crying in my life for this another time? Um, <laughs> but it was also nice because I, I still think he's going to get one. You know, I said, I said that like five years ago and I still believe that that's going to happen. Um, but it was also really nice to not see a really well-pitched Geo game get um, destroyed by the bullpen. Yes. As has happened so many times this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's not much to say other than, way to go. Everybody loves you, Geo. Like, literally, everybody was just like, we love you, Geo, basically, as soon as, that, as soon as he started to come out of the game, which is pretty incredible, you know? Every, I mean, everybody's got... No matter how much somebody is loved, usually there's somebody somewhere who hates them. I, I don't think that's true for Gio Gonzalez. I'm sure it is true, and those people don't deserve anything. <laughs> no. Like, like I think you get villain status in a movie. Like, if we, <laughs> like, a really easy way to show, like, this person is an irredeemable villain. Like, what are your feelings on Gio Gonzalez? Eh? All right. Yeah. Go it's home. like the Cruella de Vil of baseball. Like, if yeah. you hate Dalmatian puppies... <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah. Is um, trying to make a coat out of him? <laughs> oh my god, don't even say that. <laughs> oh, like, no. Um, speaking, well, not speaking of, but one more thing is he, he is on paternity right now, or he just either just went on paternity or just came off paternity, but he's a new daddy again. Oh, Oh yeah, they asked him if he would have left his no-hitter, his no-no, to, uh, he was like, to yeah. go to his child, and he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I was. I was glad though. I feel like there were there are some people who would not have said that, whether it was true or not. Yeah. Well, because it doesn't. They just might not have said so. Because of the back. Usually, there's so much backlash against that statement 
like of a guy trying taking a two days off to go see their their brand new baby like how dare they how dare they um so yeah even if they would and don't regret it they're not gonna tell you because that's just basically like inviting um people to swear at you on twitter <laughs> or on the radio or whatever like yeah yeah but anyway yeah. So Geo had uh, a great time. And then also co-smiler on the team, Anthony <laughs> Rendon. So Anthony Rendon uh, is good at baseball. So <laughs> uh, I feel like we can call this one. Yes. That he's good at baseball. I mean, do you go to fan graphs, bro? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I'm, I'm happy that that's, that's our go-to. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Daniel Murphy quote. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I have to have I any mean, Daniel Murphy quote, which I don't necessarily feel that I do. I that was is using your be- paraphrase of it, by the way, not his actual quote. I was using your paraphrase. Yeah, no, and, it was even, it was like, do you even go to fan graphs? <laughs> um, and yeah, he, he good. Uh, so let, let's, let's recap where he is in terms of wins above replacement um and of course right now at this moment play index okay so this is this is by war ranking and i'm not going to have to read down too much jose altuve all-star angelton simmons all-star i believe paul goldschmidt mookie betts aaron judge nolan arenado carlos correa and anthony rendon so is that about 10? It's eight. Eight. He is above Votto, Harper, Seeger, Springer, and Mike frickin' Trout's wrist. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, he above a bunch of people who, you know, were at an all-star game, which he, I know, just wanted a vacation. Like, Anthony Rendon, I know, is, is about as interested in being an all-star as he is on giving an actual opinion about his own talent on on air which is to say not at all so we can be interested for him and continue to be angry about it um, no i'll be angry about this forever yeah um but yeah I, and and this can can help us segue into the next thing so um the post had an article that's were a thing by dan steinberg that said actually we need more nerdy sports radio debates about the nats um <laughs> and it's things that they learned uh so let me, let me just directly quote. People probably even learned a few things during this debate. I learned that since Jason Worth was injured last month, the Nats are getting you know, a certain OBP. Um, I learned how much Baker values protecting Murphy. And I learned that you cannot possibly expel a public opinion out of Rendon. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he takes not saying anything to just an art form. I feel like if someone asked him his what his favorite color was, he'd probably prevaricate. Like... <laughs> Uh, but, but he'd look good doing uh, oh, it. Oh, of course he would. Yeah, he'd smile. Oh yeah, he would uh, smile. His favorite color is in fact smiling. I feel like on Ask Rendon, <laughs> he did get asked that. His favorite color? <laughs> yeah, like he has opinions on Ask Rendon because, like, I think they they yeah. wouldn't do it if he didn't. But like when he had that like ten ruby game where um, Colco goes up to him and is like, "Am I actually going to get to hear about you at all?" <laughs> and then he he's just like, like, "No." Pitching was real good. Guys on the team really like bringing the support, and he's like, "For real, dog." <laughs> I think this. I mean, I feel like, like, all right, John Wayne, come on. I feel like the strongest <laughs> opinion we've ever heard out of him is Trey Turner is in fact his favorite player. Like, I think that's the yeah. most opinion that he's ever, you know, 
outside of the like ask Rendon chats on Twitter, which you know are are fluffy. Well, and I think it's different in writing, and I think it's different with a PR person sitting yeah. next to you, yeah, and saying, "Oh, this is a good question that maybe you'll actually answer." Mm -hmm. He he has the he has gotten the best like sports interview training of all time, I think. Is where that is where it comes down to. That's why he just like non answers for everything, worse I think than anybody else. True. I mean, although I think he does it more nicely. I I oh. enjoy listening to him not answer much more than I enjoy listening to say. I don't know why he's my go to Madison Baumgartner not answer. Well, there's a sort of a winkiness to Tony's not answering. He's like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to answer that question. As opposed to, I very seriously have a different opinion now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good rendown impression. That was not supposed to be the rendown impression. That was impression. a Bumgarner impression. It wasn't yeah. actually, it was a generic impression of a baseball yeah. player, not Madison Bumgarner specifically. But Yeah, I was going to say, but but rendown is like, he does sound, I mean, he sounds, I always think he sounds a little John Wayne-y. Uh, that's because he's from Texas and he opens his mouth. I know. And maybe that's why I find it charming when he's yeah. like, yup, pitching was real good. <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay, Tony. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking up his Ask Rendon answers. Uh, and, and they're just like, I, I'm thinking a, a PR person just wrote them for him. Like... <laughs> Which three guys would you pick to be your zombie survival team? Jason Wirth, Adam LaRoche, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that is actually, yeah, I don't, I don't really like Adam LaRoche, and I don't think he would like me very much. But in a survival situation, yeah, I mean, yeah, at least we know he's good he can at a deer. <laughs> yeah, death. Like, like in a situation where bow hunting becomes a necessary skill. Like a, the zombie apocalypse, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, uh, and Jason worked just because, you know, he would probably scare everything off before it got to you. <laughs> <laughs> I could hide behind him. That's the other thing. All of these men are very large. You could yeah. hide in his beard. <laughs> just crawl in there like, you can't see me. <laughs> um um, yeah, I was going to say, like, all I had to say was Anthony Rendon continues to be real good at baseball. I continue to like watching Anthony Rendon play baseball. And, you know, his name gets mentioned um, with a bunch of people who are also real good at baseball. Um, it was interesting during the All-Star game. They were, they were talking about, um, obviously, Nolan Arenado, etc. And they were like, you know who's also real good? And this was on a national broadcast. Anthony Rendon. And we're like... <gasps> You think somebody <laughs> mentioned his name outside of the greater DC area? <laughs> well, and, and it's not one of those things like no one ever talks about the Nats, but it's like Bryce Harper, Zimmerman, and Murphy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Scherzer. Max is the pitcher. Yeah. So it's not like we were horribly underrepresented, but at the yeah. end, I'm like, wow. It, it was very specifically somebody outside of DC is talking about Anthony Rendon because yeah. that doesn't seem to happen in the conversations of like, who are the best players, who are the best hitters, who are the best just specifically third baseman. Somehow it's like, jump over him. Just like, does he exist? I don't know. Maybe? Yeah. Correa Tavato, basically. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, okay, 
it's nice to hear it acknowledged on a national level, considering based on his statistics, he really should be in the finalists for an LMVP. He won't win it because nobody ever talks about him, but he should be in the top. He should be in the finalists. Well, and so I'm looking at just war for the year, right? right. And everyone else other than Correa above him and directly below him is a league leader in something. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm just talking top 10. So this is, you know, I'll two beta Harbor. You know, league leader in hits or in <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt in uh, intentional balls on base. Um, <laughs> you know, Mookie Bad. I'm shocked. Uh, Aaron Judge apparently has been walked 78 times. Well, he's the what is it the 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 TTT pitch or whatever I can't remember the phrase for it, but strikeouts, home runs, or walks. Yeah, that's Aaron Judge. Um, so, you know, Nolan Arenado is league leader in ribbies. Um, Carlos Correa isn't league leader in anything in particular. So he, he and Rendon are actually fairly comparable as players. Mm-hmm. You know, they play different positions, but like fairly comparable as, as players in terms of like overall numbers, etc. Um, so like, OB, you know, Rendon's OBP is higher, but Correa's, you know, uh, batting average is higher, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and slugging percentage, like, or, uh, OPS, Rendon's slightly higher though, also with slugging um you know and and but everyone else is some is league leader in something so it's really just like overall excellence yeah i guess isn't as sensational as particular excellence yeah Mm -hmm. and that's sort of i think hindering some of that recognition i think that's a fair assessment i i mean but i also i do feel like there have been times when he has been leading one or multiple categories for the league and it's still like there's this giant blind spot on him from a certain lens you know and i mean i think it could be argued that overall excellence is actually more impressive than specific excellence you know if you're talking about like yeah and i mean if you're talking about in a competition or you know in the running for a league-wide award i know awards are pointless but this is the this is how we talk about things like the guy who's very good at everything thing but not very specifically good at one specific thing valuable than somebody who's like fine at a lot of things and like really good at one thing somebody who's really good at everything but not the pinnacle at one thing is i don't know i feel like that's better i don't know well yeah and and speaking of do you go to fangraphs bro if you go to fangraphs and you look up f4 rendon is third yeah like it's it depends on how war is essentially calculated um, because it differs, because you know it's a catch-all stat, but it differs between like play index and and fan graphs, and it's Judge Altuve Rendon, which is pretty damn good company. Yeah, so you know Anthony Rendon remains my bay. Um, we liked him first. <laughs> <laughs> we liked him first. We'll like him last. We'll like him always. Yes. Exactly. Um, I think he has a new tattoo. I'm sure he will never speak about it. Ooh, it's an arm tattoo. So many, and he never t- shows them at all, except I, by accident. One, yeah, I was going to say, when he got interviewed shirtless, and he had that giant, like, Virgin Mary on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think when he was being interviewed shirtless. I think a lot of people probably weren't paying attention to the tattoos. Going out on a limb there. I, I, mm-hmm. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know we can we can we contain multitudes, Meg. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, 
he should be getting more attention, but it's okay because that keeps him ours, I guess. I actually take um, it back. The, the arm tattoo is not new because this this is from 2013, and he looks like a sweet little bay uh, <laughs> and has a giant shoulder tattoo with a rose on it. He's had that one. Yeah, he's had that one for a while, but the, he might have gotten another one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's now down, like, That's, past the, yeah. you know, past the... Past he the he extended the sleeve, as yeah. it were. All right. Um, all right. We, we love him. We liked him first. Yes. We like him, hopefully, always. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe he'll he'll stick around if, if we're the only people who are paying attention to him. Maybe we'll, he'll stick around. I feel like that would be nice. other management probably goes to fan graphs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I want to live in delusion. Um, all right, we we're getting sort of towards the end here, I think. Um, so we should we should talk uh, we should at least talk about the the massive well, not turnover, but like the massive influx of new blood that we've just gotten in the past month because it's like a lot of people to mm-hmm, the point that is. we were having some trouble keeping track for a little while, and I think we should at least acknowledge it before we go for the day, right? Yeah, I mean, I call them all Rickon in my head because I'm not really sure which ones they are. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Howie Kendrick. I don't know who anyone else is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I know better who the trades are, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the call-ups. Yeah, yeah I, I had to remind myself of Andrew Stevenson's name this morning. And I'm sorry, Andrew Stevenson. I'm sure you're very nice. Um, and you're probably going to be good at baseball. And I just have no idea who you are. And even after looking you up this morning, I still don't really know who you are. He's like the cute generic white guy. Like, I feel like he's, he's this year's, um, Tyler Moore. Oh, don't doom him to triple or quadruple Adam. He, Tyler Moore was with the fish the other, when we played them. Yeah. Yeah. We've been seeing him. So is he hitting off the bench? I don't think so. I think he was playing first. Really? I think. I, it could have been a, it could have been a double switch. I don't know. I yeah, missed part of, I missed some of the games. Funny. So yeah, I remember seeing him multiple times. So I think he was yeah. in the lineup. But he's um, he's gotten some play every now and then. I think he's like the backup first baseman kind of thing. But you know, yeah, he's played sixty five games this year. Tyler Moore. Yeah, so he's yeah. off the bench. But like, so, okay. But like, um, back to to Andrew Stevenson. Uh, Andrew Stevenson. I don't know if he's <laughs> going to be Tyler Moore or not. I mean, he just got call up. I just meant looks up, wise. I actually, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean baseball wise at all. I just meant I look at this like generically attractive young blonde dude, and he physically reminds me of Tyler Moore for all that I know nothing yet about the way he's going to play. That's yeah. how I could pick him out of a lineup. So as like long as the lineup wasn't him. also generically attractive young white dudes with blonde hair. I'm not sure I could pick him out of a lineup. Yeah, no. But it's know. the beginning, and maybe you know. Uh, feelings will change. Who knows? Could you uh, John Doolittle out of a lineup? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is a very distinctive looking person. Um, I was saying before <laughs> the show, he combines our two favorite aesthetic our, I think our together. three favorite. Uh, Co- oh, beard, high socks, goggles. Yes. Oh, yes, and, and good fiance, which is not yeah. an aesthetic decision. But like, yeah, yeah he, he has four of our fav- favorite things. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's enough. We've gotten, we've gotten bullpen reinforcement in the form of Sean Doolittle, uh, Brandon Kinsler and Ryan Madsen. And I think the one that we're probably all the most excited about was Sean Doolittle, Sean Doolittle, or at least it's the one I was the most excited about. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I annoyed you guys for a little while on, over text message when that happened. Um, nah, we were all psyched about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
his ERA has gone up. Yeah, it's not great, but it's... given he has five our... saves. Yeah, he's got five saves. Um, and I think it was. I mean, this was largely like one or two bad outings, right? Not like yeah. a consistent pattern of you know, and bad outing, bad bad outings happen to everyone. It doesn't really matter. Well, and I think um, the good thing is we've got some more versatility there. Doolittle is closing <clears throat> at the moment. Yeah. Um, but they've all said numerous times that of the guys that we just brought in as bullpen reinforcements, yeah. they could all close. They could all be setup guys. Yeah. You know, I think Kinsler was told to be ready anytime after the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, so having some versatility, we've talked a lot about bullpen rolls on this podcast, but in general, versatility is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now, yeah, Doolittle's getting saves, things are working out, but you know, we're going to see how things go in terms of situations, and it sounds like they're all willing to be flexible. Or at least, yeah, I mean, they're all saying that they're willing to be flexible, so yes, they are all willing to be flexible. Nobody's being a Papelbon. Right, I was going to say, I, I don't take <laughs> it for granted anymore, yeah. just considering. <laughs> so apparently Ryan oh. Madsen and Jonathan Papelbon could go to the you know same political rallies. And Kurt Schilling can go with them. Kurt Schilling can go straight. And then we can set the building on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically. Okay. Metaphorically. Um but anyway, yeah, so I mean, yeah, all three of these guys can can close. I mean, Kinsler was the closer for the twins. So with a pretty decent save ratio. So, um obviously it's a sort of let's see how things shake out, but it 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 would be nice for us given that we don't have a closer to at least like experiment around and be flexible on it. So, yeah, I um, mean, it, so he has zero, he has five saves, zero blown saves. So it looks like the spike in ERA is probably due to usage. Yeah. He's, he's pitched uh, seven innings. Yeah. So we've only probably, had him for what a week and a half. We've had him for two weeks now. Yeah. So basically they put him out to, to hold and he didn't. But mm-hmm. not, you know, but if it were a safe situation, he saved. So yeah. put him out when we're ahead, not when we're behind. Yeah. And you can give up runs and still maintain a safe situation as long as it's yes. just not too many. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, one of my one of my all-time favorites of all of, of the bullpen <laughs> habitually gave up one hit or one walk or possibly one run before getting a save. So... You know, I'm okay with it as long as it just doesn't get too out of hand. Um, oh, did we want to talk about how Clip is now on the Sox, the White Sox? I mean, I, I don't think there's too much to talk about other than Clip is now on the White Sox, um, which is good for me because he's not a Yankee anymore because I <laughs> couldn't have that. Um, but it was just a shame the way he was traded because it was because he was, you know, he was really not doing well. Um, for like the the month leading up to his uh, his trade, I have a, a Google alert set. And like every single day it was like, and he biffed it again. And I'm like, stop sending me this. I only want good news <laughs> in my Google Alerts. <laughs> stop sending me screw ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of speaking of our, our beloved former nationals who are scuffling a little bit, um, Danny was mm-hmm. DFA'd by the Angels, but, picked but up he's the- been picked up by the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is good because my sister lives in Seattle, and so she's happy. She can go see him for us and for herself. Yes. Yes. Um, so speaking of former nationals who scuffled and are now again nationals, Edwin Jackson is back. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about that at all, have we? Well, we, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't convened <laughs> since he came back. I mean, looking at it, he hasn't done so great since his first game. But his first game back was great. His first game back was great. Yeah, I kind of want to, you know, get our starters back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he and AJ Cole are people. Yeah. And I like him better than AJ Cole because I, I don't, like, I have opinions on AJ Cole the same way I have opinions on, like, lamps. Well, it's, I mean, I was saying this and this is going to sound really mean. Um, but I feel like if AJ Cole could be a starter for us at this point, he would be. Like, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. He, I don't think he's going to be a big league starter for us. It, He's been up as an emergency arm for like the past three years and has never progressed past it. And I feel like he it's, he's not at this point, he's not going to. Um, so maybe it's time to convert or sell him. I don't know. Um, converting is an don't interesting sit- idea. What? Converting is well, an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, most, most relievers are starters that, we're not starters anymore. Oh yeah, no, I just <laughs> haven't heard it particularly with regards to Cole. Oh, I, I, I that's just me it. saying it. That's just, you know. No, I I yeah. like it. I think it's a good idea. Um, because he, I mean, he's never been awful, but he's never really been amazing enough to to stick around. You know, I and mean, we've had a lot of like young pitchers sort of coming in for an emergency start. I mean, I could name a I could name a half a dozen right now. I'm not going to, and uh, most of them have kind of blown their first start um, and then try again and it didn't go so great and then try again and they were gone. Um, few of them have come up and been amazing and then got Tommy Johnson broke my heart and will not be back for another year and a half. I don't know who you're talking about. <sighs> Tommy John takes everything I love away from me. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, AJ Cole just kind of keeps coming up and being fine. That, that could be, that could be, I think, like a shirt that we have. <laughs> um, Tommy John keeps Tommy taking John everything. everything like the, the TJS took my baby away. <laughs> like, you know the Ramon song, right? Yeah. Okay. Laura, you know the Ramon song? The KKK took my baby away? I do now. Okay. Um, what, one of the Ramones wrote it about another Ramon um, because he was super conservative. Uh, but yes, Johnny wrote it, or Joey wrote about Johnny Ramone, because, like, Johnny Ramone stole Joey's lady and then married her for, like, 35 years. Um, <laughs> I like the Ramones. <laughs> and just the way you put, he married her for, like, 35 years. Well, yeah, like, it was like, oh, they dated briefly, and then, then she married Johnny, and then, like, they were married. I'm like, uh, all right, Joey, get, get over yourself. Okay. <laughs> um... But yes, so <laughs> I don't want to get back now. Um, our starter problem is a problem, and I was a little disappointed in the fact that we didn't try harder to get a starter at the trade deadline. I mean, I know we tried, and I know that we are habitually handicapped at the trade deadline by don't add payroll. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure that I, I didn't even look to check if that was a rule this time around, but I'm just assuming that it was because that seems to be like the rule for the past four years is don't add payroll at the trade deadline. So we don't add payroll at the trade deadline. Y- you know, it, we've got three pitchers right now, what three starters right now, one of whom has not been himself this season. Um, maybe if the beard comes fully back in, which actually I think at this point it is fully back in. That He's will been, change. He had a good start. 
He did. It, it, the way you just said that, he had a good start. It's kind of indicative of the problem. No, I mean, um, he did have a good start. Like, he did. Maybe but he that is, Go ahead. I was going to say, like, Roark had a couple of bad games. Like, let's not throw the beard out with the bathwater. Oh, like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I... I love Tanner Roark and I want to get him back to, you know, fighting stuff. He just hasn't been there this year. I, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. And the fact that you're like, he had one good start very like optimistically is kind of a indic- indicative of where his season has been. Right. Yeah. I mean, I hear that. Like, and he did. And I love him and I want him back the way he, he what? Bitch like crap for a couple of games. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I know. Yeah. I, and I don't like it. I don't want that. And I want him to be better. But like this is this is a statement of fact, not a judgment on him personally. Um, but anyway, so we've got three starters because Straz is hurt again. And Tommy Johnson is a terrible thing. Um, if we needed an, another starter because... Call it, I mean, relying on Eric Fede and A.G. Cole and e- Edwin Jackson is not a realistic strategy. Yeah, no, that's try- like trying to bathe the soap made from like other bits of soap bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not, like, it sort of works temporarily, not, but it's it not is a long-term not- strategy. Buy some soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Eric Fede is actually pitching today. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. I mean, his debut wasn't great, but people were impressed with his mentality. So that's something. But yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it would have been really nice if we could have picked somebody up because not even counting the rest of the season, say Straz comes back and is perfectly healthy tomorrow, we still are going to be down a pitcher next year. And so why not try to get somebody who helps us now and helps us next year? I don't know. But yes, everybody was talking about um, Verlander, however the hell you say or, his name. Oh, Verlander? Verlander. Uh, I saw that name bandied about, um, we could become the Detroit Tigers East. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is right now for, for the starter, startering problem. I mean, we'd all feel a lot better if Steven Strasburg gets healthy again. I feel like we say that a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's like the mantra of the city. To a certain extent. Yeah. When Steven Strasburg gets healthy, <laughs> I love that boy, but he breaks if you breathe on him. No, he sweats yeah. if you breathe on him. <laughs> that too. In, There's in a, a reason that, that he's... Not good. <laughs> There's a reason that in my head, like, you know, some of the players have animals associated with them in my brain. I think you've made me sing about this before. Mm-hmm. He was the dragonfly. Mm-hmm. That is Steven Strasburg. He's a dragonfly. I feel like I just brought us down again. I have a tendency to do that. A little bit. (laughs) One of these days, maybe I will get a little optimism. I mean, if you haven't gotten it it by now. Yeah. I think this is just an unfortunate uh, personality (laughs) characteristic of me at this point. Um, Well, you know, I try to be cheery, but... If we can't be cheery, can we be mad? I'm always mad. Yeah. We want to end on... Let's end on mad. Um... You, Laura, you witnessed more of this than I think either of us did. The stupid fight about batting order on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so I actually missed it in real time, but I noticed it this morning. So Grant, as in and Danny, um, seems to have gotten into it on Twitter quite a bit with a number of very knowledgeable Nats fans about the Nats batting order. And 
I think the issue that caused a lot of anger was not so much the Nats batting order, but the way that Grant decided to pursue this debate over it. And, you know, there's certainly, there's criticism to be made of the way that the lineup has been. And there are a lot of very valid opinions out there. I personally am not that cut up about batting order for the simple reason that at the end of the day, you just can't predict who's going to come up in what situation. I'm sorry. We all get really butthurt about batting order. And yes, the guys higher in the order get more at-bats. And there's a lot of statistics that happen. But at the end of the day, sometimes Max Scherzer hits a home run. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that happens. So, great. Like, discuss batting order as much as you want to. But what this turned into was basically Grant telling everybody that Nats fans are not knowledgeable because they're new fans, because it's a new team. And of course, you know, nobody in DC liked baseball before the Nats came along, he says, um, and that people should really listen to him and learn things. Oh God, this is like so many of my least favorite arguments packed into one little stack of things. Yeah, he got very condescending and pedantic. And, you know, I was I was a baseball fan as a child. Certainly the Nats were the beginning of my adult baseball fandom. But most of my friends who have even just like two, three years on me had more major, you know, lifelong baseball experiences than I did. And even people my age, you know, like I'm, I know I'm the baby of the podcast. But, but yeah, the Nats have been in D.C. for what, like 12 years, 12 years. Life. That's half your life. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. It is half my life. And that's also at that point you can stop saying they're new fans because it's been twelve years. That is more than enough time to learn the things that you are quote unquote necessary to learn to understand baseball. That's true, actually. Yeah, even if you don't have a history of baseball fandom previously to the Nats, you can learn about a batting order in twelve years. Yeah, yeah, and. You can and learn Go ahead. You can hurl many accusations about people in the Washington, D.C. area, but not being freaking nerdy about stuff is not one of them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like anybody at this point who isn't a st also, first of all, there are multiple ways to be nerdy that are not just statistics based. If you want to learn what? statistics, <laughs> I know, Sid, I know this is hard to hear. If you want to be a stats nerd about baseball, you've had time to learn the statistics. If you want to be a different kind of nerd about baseball, You've had time to be that kind of nerd. And saying one type of nerd is objectively better than the other type of nerd is flat out false. Also, screw off with your goddamn gatekeeping. Right. And That's the thing right. is, even if you even if you are talking to someone who knows less about baseball than you do, which if your living that you make is talking about baseball, probably does happen sometimes. Yeah. There are ways to do that and there are ways not to do that. And you know, I was very new to the concept of the Nationals when I didn't know. I, I grew up in an AL city. What the hell did I know about the NL? You know, so when I first came into the Nats world, one of the things that I really loved was that, unlike in Red Sox land, you could be new and casual. And I obviously have come very far from the days of being a casual fan. I think we can all agree on that. But <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> There's still things that I don't know, and I think largely people in the Nats world tend to be more open to that, partially because it is, you know, 12 years is still a long time, but comparatively, it is a younger 
team and you can say you know what you want about what that means about the fan base but in my personal experience i've felt that it makes it easier and more positive when you are newer to this kind of baseball to baseball in general i really like that i do think that there is is substantially less gatekeepiness in at least with the nats and i don't know if that's because the nats themselves are new or whatever i feel like a lot of that comes from outside like oh, those Nats fans, they don't know how to behave because they don't understand how to be a baseball fan. Like, I feel like that comes from, like, the national audience. But within the Nats circle, I feel like there is substantially less gatekeeper mentality. And I'm also going to say, like, within the past 12 years, advanced stats-ish have gone from being something that was sort of niche and specialized to being widely discussed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, this is something where, oh, I knew about OBP before it was cool. You know, I licked Bill James's feet in 1982. <laughs> um, I, gross. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, I subscribed to Baseball Prospectus when Pony Express delivered it. And burp, 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 burp. Sorry, Prospectus. Yep. <laughs> Um, and so, like, I'm like, yeah, um, we've had 12 years of OBP is not exotic anymore. No, and, you know, to, to play the age thing here again, you pointed out that the Nats have existed for half of my life. And, so half, have of a lot of those, and, and half of Trey Turner's. So have a lot of the mainstreaming of the stats. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't remember very well what it was like before Moneyball was a thing, for example. And Moneyball itself was about, like, the very late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, And, like, the you know, I've read the book. The book is... I'm going to be a jerk. The book is better than the movie. I agree. I'm um, going to apologize because uh, Bill James wrote Baseball Abstract, not Baseball Perspectives, which I knew. But, you know, my I'm a fake stats girl. Same way I'm a, I'm a fake geek girl. So... But these yeah. stats, as you, like, as you guys have pointed out, like, these stats have really only been widely disseminated that's not quite the right word but yeah widely discussed maybe is better because they've been widely i mean everybody had access to a lot of this stuff but like they haven't been discussed as much i mean i remember being a kid and like being really impressive because i knew how many rbis like darren dalton had you know (laughs) what i mean like that was the level of stats conversation and it wasn't just because i was 10 it was because like that was what was out there in the newspapers and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. But I guess the point that I was trying to make was that when I was 10, which was not that much later, it was already a big enough difference Mm -hmm. that if you're a fan who's my age or, you know, a few years within, within your lifetime, this has been much more normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, And quite frankly, like the idea that you have to be a fan starting at age zero for a team that, was in your city and existed starting at age zero. Okay. As a a baseball media person, you're not interested in having anyone new come in the game. Um, Or you think that 12 years is an inadequate time to learn things. Sure. Or that because somebody doesn't know something that you know, the appropriate thing to do is berate them for it rather than share your knowledge right not to mention i mean the whole lineup thing it's a matter of opinion at the end of the day also yeah it's also not a matter of statistics for the record yeah and so if somebody disagrees with you on the nats batting order and your response is to say how nats fans don't know anything about baseball great job with that 
And it's it, that's one of those things where like there's controversy over do you have you know is there a an, such a thing as a leadoff guy? Do you have your best bet hit hitter hit second or third? Is like, there such a thing as protection? Is there such a thing as protection? Um, should your person hitting eighth be better than your person hitting seventh? So mm -hmm. or or worse, you know, depending on it, you know, how often they're going to get walked to get to the pitcher in the a in the NL versus you know in the AL where they don't have to make smart decisions. <laughs> um, you know, it, that's some of those things of like, please don't pretend that any of these is a settled question. Yeah, and we've even like even more questions have arisen since now that we are in this age of stat statistics, like. Uh, I went to Cubs games earlier this year, and uh, Madden's still putting his pitcher eighth, not ninth. Which I like, by the way. But is it, quite, is, not, it, is it doing anything at all? I don't know. I don't know. I just like that he's doing something different. But now, but like now it's yet another question added to the whole lineup order issue. I remember when he started doing that, everyone was like, oh, we got to talk about this. And now people, you know. Well, it, and, and to get real stats nerdy for a second, most... Almost all of the statistics available about baseball players are descriptive statistics. They're descriptive. Yeah. They're not inferential. They're not going to prove difference or non-difference. They are simply descriptors of performance. Yeah. And therefore, like all descriptive statistics, they are tools from which you can extrapolate things, but in and of themselves, like they tell you something, but it's a description. You know, yeah, yeah. and so like the idea of like, well, this descriptive statistic is inherently, you know, above this one else. Like, you know, when I'm like, well, you know, Correa's you know, batting average is better, but Rendon's on base percentage is better, which you prioritize because these are both inherently descriptive is a matter of the team. Yeah. Right. And we were just talking about how there's even different kinds of war. So, yeah, you know, not every stat is even calculated the same way, depending on which source you get it from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and efforts to make descriptive statistics, like to use them in inferential ways, which teams do do, like at the end of the day, it's a judgment call. It, it is. Um, and, you know, you can make projections and you can make suggestions. But, you know, if they're like, yeah, that's all great, but he has three DUIs. Hmm. So we're not going to get him or whatever else, you know, like there's, there's, and even in Moneyball, they're like, yeah, there's a human element to this. Like you yeah. need to employ somebody. They're an employee. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you can have all the statistics you want. And to a certain extent, you can make a lot of these statistics tell you the things that you want. Yeah. Um, but as you've said many times today, like it, it's an, it's a descriptive model of past, past performance, which is not necessarily an indicator of, Future performance. Future performance. And what stat is the most important to you in any given situation is intrinsically a judgment call. This is not this is not gut uh, you know, eyeball test baseball, like I think he's got the right attitude and that's why I'm gonna put him in, in this specific situation. But it's saying I value this statistic over this statistic now. Yeah. You know? Although Dusty isn't actually that much into the statistics, so uh, but he's into winning but games <laughs> he's into winning games and i think he listens to statistics even if he doesn't talk yeah. about them yeah he, mm -hmm. he's just I'm, i say more he's not like davy johnson who was like like did this stuff before it was cool mm -hmm. um, or matt williams who god only knows what the hell he was actually doing <laughs> dusty is a little bit more like i'll listen but at the end of the day it's my I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah, and yeah, he'll and drop a stat in an interview. Like, clearly, he didn't sit down and calculate it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, clearly, like, it's, he, he okay, my people told me about this, and stuff. I value it. 
There's also certain yeah. things that he does, like using the bench guys, which, you know, you can get into the stats of it if you want to. That's not necessarily why he's doing it the way he's doing it, but I think the fact that there is sort of statistical numerical support for the techniques that he uses, he's perfectly happy to use that as justification, even mm -hmm. though he's doing it himself. And I think there is something to be said for years worth of experience. You have a large sample size in your own observations. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that can and, be skewed and it can be anecdotal and, you know, in things like scouting, it can be dumb and racist. But in general, large sample size in your own observations is valuable. And if it's something like, because we've talked about the issue with, you know, we're in the NL East, and so if we're coming from playing the AL West and there's a time zone issue, and you decide to put in, like, your bench guys instead of the guys who've been starting when you're coming back from that, because they've all had a large sample set that size that says, yes, that's a good decision. Yeah. yeah. But, so, like, who had to tell Dusty that? Probably not a bunch of statisticians. Yeah, he probably was like, hmm, the guys who slept might possibly play better than the guys who did not sleep yeah <laughs> the dudes who are tired are going to be worse than the dudes who are not tired um so i mean that's obviously just our conversation is illuminating just how stupid this idea is of like the right way to be a fan the right way to have an opinion on baseball like we're not even talking about like some of the objectively wrong ways to be a baseball fan, such as, I don't know, hurling horrible things at people on, you know, racial and uh, homophobic slurs at people on Twitter. That's probably a bad way to be a fan. However, there's not a bad way to interact with the game, regardless of what you're interested in. And you have every single, every bit as much right to have conversations about it as anybody else. Like you have it. If you want to go study statistics and read baseball prospectus cover to cover every single year and like live on 538.com, have fun. Like, that's good. It is just as valid to be the people who like, but I trust Dusty. Like, it's just, it's, it's just as valid and they have just as much right to be in the conversation. Yeah. And, and it's, that's also one of those things where, um, you know, not even there's no right way to be a, a baseball fan. It's this is a nerdy baseball fan argument that I like. Like, this is the kind of thing that I'm like, okay, if we're going to have stupid baseball fights, I'm so happy it's about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like at the end of the day, this guy was a condescending, you know, bag of dicks or whatever. But, like, he was sort of a within the bounds of normalcy condescending bag of dicks and not a Kurt Schilling. Yes. Very true. And we spend a lot Very of time talking about the, the other stuff. Which is fine, like that, and it, that's yeah, fine. But I'm like, at the end of the day, yeah, I want to have a stupid baseball fight with you, man. Yeah. Like, I guess I can't, I can't speak as much of that because I didn't see any of this going down. So I actually have no idea the opinions. Like, I don't know what his opinion was on this versus what anybody else's opinion. For all I know, I agree with him on the subject at hand. Um, on how the batting order should be constructed. I mean, you can you can agree with somebody on how the batting order should be constructed and still want to have like a stupid punch fight with them. Right. I guess my stupid punch fight is stop having these conversations like this. I guess that's my stupid baseball fight. Like just stop. Stop yeah. telling people that they're that they're doing fans wrong. And don't block people on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, do if they're like violently harassing you, but otherwise. So so what Sid is giving me a segue for thank you, is that I was recently blocked by the Nats Spanish language official Twitter. 
which I was somewhat hurt by, given that I was one of the people most excited when it finally existed. When did it start, by the way? I don't actually know. Um, within the past year. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it like a thousand very, followers. It was very recent. It's very small. They don't promote it particularly from the main Twitter. And a lot of other teams have Spanish language Twitters and have for a very long time. And they do all of the same things on them that they do on their English language Twitters, just in Spanish. You know, obviously the Marlins in particular, they're in Florida, they have a large Spanish language fan base, but I follow the Marlins in Spanish. I don't follow them in English. Um, just because I was happy that these sorts of things exist. I follow a couple different teams accounts in Spanish. Um, and it's helping me build my baseball vocabulary, which is great because I speak pretty good Spanish, but it's not a situation I've ever been in in Spanish. So I'm working on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was really, really excited when Nats, when the Nats PR people actually made one. I had been telling them rather politely, I thought, that they should have one periodically for a while. And they finally made one. And I was pretty excited about that. But then I noticed that unlike some of the other accounts that really do pretty much all the same things, the Nats Spanish language Twitter has always kind of felt like an afterthought. Yeah, it's pretty anemic. It's very anemic. Their live tweets are like 45 minutes behind. Mm. It's like somebody wrote it in English, sent it to an off-site translation service, got it back in Spanish, and then posted it when they felt like it. That's what the impression is that I've gotten, that there it's an afterthought. There's very little on it. When they do graphics, sometimes they're the English language graphics, just with the tweet in Spanish. And I was really disappointed in that because I thought that they should have had one a long time ago. I was excited when they made one. And then the one that they made really doesn't do justice to the now Spanish-speaking fan base. And so I said so a couple of times, relatively politely, I thought, um, basically saying, guys, you need to do better. You know, this is not fair. You're super behind on your live tweets all the time. This happened an hour ago. You know, why is this graphic in English? Just concrete specific things where I would retweet something that they said and say, why was this an hour late? Or why is the graphic in English? And, you know, there's always room for being more polite. But at the same time, I didn't say anything inflammatory. I didn't use any strong language. I basically said, I want you guys to do better. And I said so repeatedly. And they blocked me. So yeah. they're not taking constructive criticism, I think, is, is the point. You weren't being hostile. You were offering constructive criticism. Exactly. And, and I, think, I think there are other people who feel the same way that I do. I know a couple of them, but not many people that I saw were saying anything. And so it might be that people aren't giving them a whole lot of attention. And so I was one of the few people who was giving them any criticism at all. Mm -hmm. But I'm disappointed also just in how little attention they're getting in general. And I think a lot of it is because A, they're not very interesting to follow. And B, you know, their main Twitter account hasn't promoted them in any way. There's a gazillion people that follow the main Nats Twitter account. Mm -hmm. I, I tried Googling for the Nats Spanish language Twitter and I cannot find it. So like I have to log into my Twitter to find the link to it because I follow them. So it's at Los Nacionales, in case anybody is interested in following them. Um, I would frankly encourage people to follow them who are interested, even though I'm disappointed in them, because I think if you do, if they have a larger following and they have more people paying more attention, maybe they'll realize that this is something that's valuable and they'll invest more in it. That's yeah. what I would say here. I was going to say, you know, I'm not saying, oh, they blocked me, boycott them. Like, yeah. maybe give them a follow because clearly they need to realize that people are interested and people are paying attention and they should provide better content for their Spanish-speaking fans. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously this is a um, 
giving them a whole lot of the benefit of the doubt in this situation, which I don't know what they may or may not deserve it. But like, is it possible that, well, not is it possible, but like maybe what's going on is that they don't tweet a lot. So people don't pay attention and don't follow them. So people don't notice that they don't tweet a lot. And so they have no interest in continuing to tweet a lot. And so they've got some intern who's got five other jobs running the account, which is why everything's so late, which is why nobody follows them. And it's just this vicious cycle. Oh yeah, no, I I completely agree. So maybe, yeah, as you said, like maybe we get more people following them and they'll realize that it's something that they should be promoting even though they shouldn't have to realize that they should probably just be promoting it anyway (laughs) um yeah i mean i was surprised they didn't have one a long time ago to be honest with you because there are plenty of spanish-speaking people in their sort of fan area and god i mean how many of their players are spanish-speaking you know like this is clearly an audience DC obviously is a very diverse place. I think, you know, the biggest sort of minority demographic, if that's, that's not even the best way to call it, but from a marketing perspective, obviously DC is very heavily African-American, but there are plenty of Spanish speaking people in DC and around it. It's um, uh, DC has the largest population of Salvadorans outside San Salvador, not El Salvador, San Salvador. Like, yeah. <laughs> The Latino population here is very high. Yeah, um, it yeah. is generally not from baseball countries, the way that you know uh, New York, you know, has a much higher Dominican population or Puerto Rican right. population versus DC is much heavier Central American. But at the same yeah, time, I think that- you have plenty of of U.S. born Latinos here who've been here for generations who are baseball fans as well. Like yeah. that's not a determinant. No. It also just seems like it's a no brainer, but possible reason not to do it other than right. maybe you have to hire one other person for 30 hours a week a job like right you make a gazillion dollars yeah what? make your graphics and change like There's it's no not reason. even like major changes in half of these like the names are all the same the title is the same all you need to do is like change the linking words from english to spanish in this graphic it's not hard i could do it yeah it's just it's you should hire laura everyone <laughs> yeah and all my free time <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so with that, um, please, if you are so inclined, um, go out and follow Los Nacionales because clearly they need to know that people are interested in paying attention. And maybe if they do, then they'll, they'll step up their game a little bit. And I will say, so the, um, various teams have, have various, you know, Spanish language accounts with various numbers of followers, but there's, uh, Las Mayores, which is the, um, the official Major League Baseball Twitter in Spanish, mm-hmm. and it's excellent. It is. They're great. Um, they're great. They have great content. They have about, you know, 189,000 followers. Like, they're good. They're good about retweeting. And they were good, actually, about tweeting about the Nationals when the Nationals didn't have a Spanish-language Twitter. Yes. I give them credit. for just Just for random example, though, by the way, so the Red Sox. Red Sox baseball, spelled the Spanish way, Red Sox de Boston, has... Over 51,000 followers. That I'm, I'm not talking Miami here. I'm yeah. talking Boston. <laughs> like, There's no reason not to do this, and it really doesn't matter what your particular demographic is. It just do it. It's just, it's not hard. Yeah. It's not hard. Just do it. This is like, this is like basic stuff. <sighs> While we're talking about Twitter, I think I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Although um, I know we're, we're ending on a bit of a down. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. You go ahead first. Yeah. Well, no, speaking of Twitter, um, the, the Queer Fancy Stats update. Um, so 
for anybody who doesn't know, Jen Rubenstein founded Queer Fancy Stats. It's at Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter. And this is an effort to donate to DC area LGBT charities in honor of Daniel Murphy's batting statistics. So the end of July, um, the total was um, a bit smaller than June, but that's probably good for the bank accounts of everybody who's matching. Um, so July's total was $35.49, and it was a donation to Smile DMV. And the August total so far, as of, you know, we're a week into August, um, is up at $7.15. And the charity for August is the Wanda Alston House, um, which if anybody is not familiar, um, the Wanda Alston Foundation in general um, does a number of things but the Wanda Alston House um, is the only housing program in DC that is dedicated specifically to homeless LGBT youth. Um, so they provide a number of different services, um, including housing services, but also case management, um, job training, different kinds of social supports to homeless LGBT youth. And so obviously they're a really, really great organization. So, you know, let's go Murphy, hit a lot of homers because It'll be some some good money for the Wanda Olsen house. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. With that, I think uh, we'll go to our own Twitter plugging. Rest in pitch face with no G, because Twitter is mean and has character limits. <laughs> um, our website, please visit our website, restingpitchface.com. On there, you can catch up on all of our back episodes. You can actually, there's a form to contact us directly. You can check out our store on Zazzle. And there's a couple other fun little things there. Uh, if you want to not skip the hassle of some of that stuff, you can go subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, please do subscribe. And if you have if you have a few minutes, give us a rating or a, you know a, a review or something like that because it really does sort of help us out. Am I missing anything? I think that's it now because we we streamlined everything down a lot. So I think that's it. Uh, yeah, sounds good. With that, I guess I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other team who uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.